Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Let's do a live on a first Friday miracle edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. Gibbe is here. We have wines. How you living, buddy? Oh, baby. Well, I would be. I would be better if I was in the presence of some presence of some delicious yeah. vino. There's Sounds delicious great. vino here. It's here on. It's here on set. Uh, appears to be. Uh, I, I guess the the gimmick here is that I will drink all three bottles in the next two hours? Is that what we're going to try to I do? Mean, I mean, I'm in. I, that's what I told Wendy, our, our CP rep. I said, Let's do it. Don't, I, I'll just pound all three of these in two hours. We'll really have a great show. Yeah. I, I think the, the sparkling one, there's a, um, a sh- yeah, the, the champagne. champagne. I, that would be the mix in the, that I wouldn't want. I mean, there's two yeah. reds here. There's a cab, and then there's a red blend. Um, and I think the the – as long as they the first I could do the two bottles of wine in an hour and that'd be nothing. This is compliments of Brownstown Napa Valley. We'll get into it, but they have, we now have a wine club. We have an official wine club. Well, let's give the people what they want. I think we've been doing it for a couple, uh, at least another a year ago. Because remember, Bo got that nice box. But the uh, I don't. I never got a box. I don't remember a box of this. I think it's still in there. I think it's still in the studio. There's no box in here. There was a wooden box at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that Stevie aware. took it. Maybe he did. Took it and ran. This is going Could away. Have been. Parting gift. He just took my wine. Anyway, Brownstown Napa Valley, if Napa Valley rather, the official wine branded wine club of the Cleveland Browns. The program offers fans a unique way to support their team and community through purchases with proceeds supporting the Cleveland Browns Foundation. Club membership options are available to fit various budgets and lifestyle. Two shipments of three or six bottles per season delivered in Keepsake Vintage Browns fire-branded wood wine crate boxes. Yes, there was Members one of those. Get exclusive. So there is, I mean, there's a box here. Is this my box, Gibby? No, Wendy brought this in separate. I'm just saying there is what there had that what you just described that they started this last year I believe if I'm not mistaken and we've done this for and it was a red I think it was a red a white and a, a champagne in the three bottle box and we had it was in the studio it might be on your rack underneath the sledgehammer I'm telling the you the Mac hammer the Mac well, there's a lot of thing there's a lot of things right. on that rack I'm an we investigate could do our own podcast yeah. on that I'm yeah. gonna investigate it to see what happens see if Stevie took it. Uh, members get exclusive access to limited releases, library wines, as well as discounted access to their online store. The spring release is happening on April 2nd, which is why we're talking about it. Visit brownstownnap.com uh, for more information. Sign up for the Brownstown Napa Valley Wine Club. I would say that the branding on this is very good. I'm holding a Resolute Reserve Cabernet, Napa oh, Valley baby. 2019. Um, this is a Calistoga. So sure. that's a lovely place. I've spent some time in Calistoga. Lovely place. Um, Great was engaged. Springs. Oh, and then another one is the flats, which is a looks like a red blend, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh huh, which is very nice. They, it's a very nice job they label. do out of this one. Look at the striping. Oh, the label, the striping is gorgeous. I mean, a nice little uh, landscape of the city there. That's is, is very nice. Spectacular. That's very good. And then, as I mentioned, the Brut Champagne, uh, the Reserve Forty Six, uh, with uh, the color, uh, the yeah. color rush uniforms on the labeling there. That's intense. It's beautiful. There you go. It's a first so Friday, nice, so you nice can partake. Packaging, nice. I mean, packaging's great. Yeah, it's a big win. Big Play win. Time's All right, over. so I'll have that. I'll have no that joke. drink by the end of the show. That's the operation. That's what we're trying to get. Going to try to yep. get done. Um, how you doing? How's everything on your end of things? 
I'm great, brother. I couldn't be better. Thriving? Couldn't be better. I think Thriving. we're trying to get Bo Kids. to vacation time. I think Bo has put in a lot of hours and a lot of long days and efforts. We've we've taken our share of vacations, and I, our, our boy need, our boy needs a week to decompress. He's well, going to get it. In the I'm great get, Southwest. Yeah, He's I need the Southwest. It. Here's something that came to my attention today um, from, I guess I, I'd been, you know, Sherlock Holmesing the clues along the way. But it appears that virtually everyone that I know who has spring break next week has said, eh, we're just going to we're going to jump in and fly on Wednesday. We're going to fly on Thursday. We're going to pull the kids. We're going to pull the kids and we're not going to fly Saturday because it's going to be a mess and everybody knows it. Yep. Plus, because Ohio does spring break at like peak spring spring break, the pl- the pricing's outrageous. Yep. So I think people said, you know what, we're going to go Wednesday to Wednesday. We're going to do a Thursday to Thursday. And we got a note from the school today saying, hey, uh, stop calling the bus depot and saying your kids aren't going to be at school. You've inundated uh, the the answering machine with with don't we don't need a bus today, which leads me to believe that thousands of kids. Yeah, everybody is is out like. The boys headed to school day. I'm like, I don't know who's going to be with you, boys. Could be running on an island there, man. I was the only. We're the only ones who played by the rules, I think. And is it a, is it a one week spring break? Yeah, yeah. Just Hawking public school is, here, coach. Public this is outrageous. They get, it's a two week spring break. It started this week, so they're what? out this week and next week. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's a lot. Two is a full day. It's uh, that, the, the that's what weeks. I used yeah. to get for winter break. That used to be my yeah. winter yeah. break when I was a child. Was two weeks. That's it was like break. the Friday before Christmas through like New Year's Day. And same then you went as back January second. Public school kids, they do the same. You get the two weeks at Christmas, and then you get the one week at uh, yeah at Easter. That's the way it works. Yeah. And then for yeah. uh, for my son, he also had the week before spring break. They did the thing called intensives, where you could kind of like learn about some specialized thing. There were some various offerings, but it wasn't even like a real school week. He got to he did the music biz. And so we got to go to, like, go. to the rock hall and all ki- perform and all kinds of stuff. Like, so it's it's yeah, there he's he's thriving, thriving. Yeah, so that's good. Thriving. Yeah, they are. Yeah, the, the the kids where I'm from are too because none of them are in school today. There's you like know why that's good though? I believe why? I believe the children are our future. You think? Yeah. Teach them well and Whoa, let them, them lead the, the next way. one. Give the, can, let yeah, them lead the way. The next line. Right, we're Show them all page. the beauty they possess. There was a uh, 1987 NBA All Star Game vignette that was um, that was a vignette of little kids playing, and because it was Dr. J's last All Star Game, uh-huh, uh-huh. set to that. Uh, set beautiful. to that song. Yeah, feels beautiful and, to me. And showed showed all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's. Um, Anyway, so that's where you are. Yeah, I'm ready. I mean, it's been a it's been a slog, man. And then this, you know, the weather's not been great. Here, I got news for you though. Like we're going to Southern California, going to the desert. The highs next week are like 73. Perfect. That's 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 never happened. It's always been 85. It's always between 85 because and 90. Because there's like another bomb cyclone. Does San no, they Francisco get, still exist? No, like they're getting rain. Uh, actually, the L- so they're supposed to do pro day at USC yesterday and their outdoor turf was underwater at usc like that's compton man you all right there i'm all right right. yeah for a second it sounded like i was gone like they have they're they're having like record rain and snow like finally apparently all of the drought issues with california are gone because of what's happened in the last month 
So it, it's my insane. California boots, boots on the ground. Seventy-seven mile hour winds in SF yesterday. Forty-five to fifty here. Crazy rain. Pedro, yeah. ch- checking in from the from the Pedro chopper. God, I don't think you want the chopper in the air at seventy-seven miles per hour. No, you definitely not. don't. So like, get on it, the ground, Pedro. I'm looking here. So like, LA, I saw a radar picture. Yeah, and it looked like a hurricane. There was an eye wall. Yeah, today that was coming on shore. Yeah, they got bombed. I mean, Literally. snow, rain. I mean, it's really pretty crazy. So, wow, I'm looking even in LA, ton of rain, and it's not. It doesn't get above the next two weeks in LA. Nothing above 65 degrees. Yeah. So that's. I mean, the that's beach wild. will be high 50s. Yeah. So if you're if you're headed to the beach area, that's going to be high 50s in not LA. Ideal. At the end of March, that's wild. That should be seventy-five. Is what that should be. Yeah, that time of year. Um, sure should be. So we've never seen. I mean, like I said, this is a desert, and it's seventy-three. I think the highest day middle of next week is like a seventy-three, seventy-four. Now it's seventy and sunny every day, so it's perfect. But it's not like, you know, pool weather. Let's get crazy. Sure. Although I'm, I'm sure our kids will. They'll jump in and do all of that. But just from the the standpoint of what's normal out there, it's about twenty degrees less. Than, than what it normally is. D- does this extend all the way to like the like Phoenix, like Scottsdale and all that, or is this just a Southern California thing? I wonder. I mean, when when I was in Nevada last week, they said they had experienced a lot of the same. It's tons of flash flooding. Like yeah. they were rescuing people by helicopter when we got there on Tuesday. Oh, well, yeah. in those type of places, like in um, you know, like the desert, like Palm Springs area where we're going, and then Vegas and even Phoenix. Uh, have you guys ever been there when it does decide to rain? Like the streets I got a are rivers. Taste of it last week, it was yeah, oh, yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. The streets, the streets flooding. become rivers, is what happens because it, it just it can't absorb it quick enough. All right, so today in Scottsdale, it is sixty-one degrees with one hundred percent precipitation, with an area flood watch for the next twenty-four hours. That's oh, yeah. Go. See, that's impossible. It, it's tapering. That never out. happens. It's going to be gone by. Really, it's gone by uh, Thursday. And then it, they have they have nothing, and they're back into the mid to high seventies by next Tuesday. But still, I mean, that's still chilly today, for them. 68, 68, 67, yeah. 71, Yeah, we were there on spring break three or four years ago, and then drove over to the desert, and it was, um, I mean, it was in the eighties. This time yeah. of year was was pretty normal. So, yeah, be safe out there traveling, and and God bless anybody with the flights. I haven't heard anything negative yet, but I'm sure they're just waiting till Saturday when I fly at five thirty in the morning. Is oh, my yeah. guess What's the weather it. here flying out Saturday? It's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's we don't have no. like a – I mean, you never know. I mean, that – It so was we, snowing Sunday and it wasn't supposed to. Yeah, we had two choices for flights. You're either doing that and you're getting in at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Having a day. There, yep. And you have like a day, but you're exhausted. Or you could roll the dice and fly at like 2 o'clock and get in at like 11 o'clock out there and – and you, you don't have the day, and you're running the risk of one flight somewhere getting off schedule, and then everything screwed up. Then you're gone. So, you miss an entire yeah, day. You're missing, you're, and you could day. miss more. So as much as it sucks, like first flight out feels like you, you have the do. best shot. That's what you got to do. Yeah, feels like you have the best shot to survive So we'll and even thrive. It's we, all we'll about – it's not even you getting to Dallas so much as that Dallas flight happening. Well – The Dallas flight – The other thing, yeah. Don't speak any evil. I, mean, I think I think that I mean we we're in Dallas at like seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. So that's you know it's not eleven. No. There shouldn't be too much that's had a chance to get off the rails by seven thirty in the morning. Um, you should be the one that's the bigger problem is going to be on the way back. I think knocking on plexiglass. 
I think it'll be the way back because that is going to be that's like an eleven o'clock get in Saturday night situation. Um, because you don't want to fly at six o'clock California time. No. So that's what that is. That's where you're going to going to lose it. And the problem is, is when you go west, unlike last year, you, you will recall I had to drive home from uh, Newark mm. uh, on the oh, way back from the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, that operation uh, was one where it was possible. I don't believe that I can drive from Dallas. No. I think that's like 17 hours. Yeah, no. So that's probably – It's not ideal. <laughs> I mean, that's th- that's three, three humans in a body bag. That's You're not getting I'm home gonna... any faster than waiting for the flights the next day. I mean, yeah, no, no way. No, The problem, though, is this time of year they aren't the next day. They're three days from now, especially with five people. You're yeah. not getting on a flight anytime soon. Um, so I, I probably would try to drive if that's what happened. It's probably how it would have to go, which would be just a joy, an absolute joy. Um, today is pro day. You're going to get a bunch of these this week. So you got Alabama tomorrow. Uh, Ohio State's is today. Uh, this is from Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. NFL teams with the most representation, Ohio State's pro day. Carolina, 14 of them, including owner and owner's wife. Everybody, every luminary that is a part of the Carolina Panthers organization is in Columbus. They were in Columbus last night. They actually took C.J. Stroud out to dinner, um, and then he is uh, performing his pro day today. The Giants had nine people there, Seahawks and Saints with eight apiece, Titans seven, Jags six. We had five. There were two teams not represented. I couldn't figure out which two they were, uh, but two of them were not represented. Um, I think what everyone is most curious about – C.J. Stroud's going to throw very well. I don't think he's threw very well last year when he wasn't even draft eligible. So yeah. he's throwing against Aaron. He's throwing against NFL, throwing two NFL receivers in Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr., who's running routes as well. Um, my hunch is if there's, if I had to bet, like what's the most buzz coming out of this thing, my guess it would be for Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, and I, I think you know. Outside of C.J. Stroud, sure, Jackson Smith and Jigba ran again a four-five-three. Is are the yeah. reports that they're having right now? I mean, the guy knows how to play. He knows how to get open. I wouldn't worry about that time so much. It's his acceleration is in and no. out of the breaks. I think he goes in the first round. I'm curious. That's a lot of representation for the Browns, but then again, for the Browns, it's a 90-minute drive. I remember there was a time when your boy, Mr. Jackson Hugh, did not go to. Uh, down to columbus and i thought hmm feels like that's an easy little trip down there go down there and check it out see i mean they tend to put some kids into the league um so yeah i mean it's it's an easy trip plus you got you know the crew are down there so you get a little bit of you double up a little bit perhaps for some luminaries where they can visit the uh the soccer team of record and then also do the uh do the ohio state pro day as well um yeah i'm with you on jackson smith and jigba he i mean cooper cup ran a four six one he doesn't have a problem getting open i mean it's he he's he's in and out of around. breaks great. Yeah, yeah. he's – the one difference between – I was having this conversation this morning about Jackson Smith and Jigba, and they're like, well, why does why is it being held against him not playing and it wasn't held against Jamar Chase? And the, the answer to it, very simply, I don't think it's any more complicated than this. In, the, in, the, in Jamar Chase's last year at LSU, he was the most dynamic wide receiver in college football on the outside. In Jackson Smith and Jigba's last full season at Ohio State, he ran in the slot – with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on the outside. So you didn't have that weapon that you had with Chase in Smith and Jigba's last year. Now, he's going to be on the outside this year. He's not gotten hurt. He played outside in the Rose Bowl where he had 300 yards receiving. Um, so there are a couple of examples of that. But that's the difference is that you had a full year of Chase on the outside blowing by SEC corners, and that's what allowed for people to know exactly what he was 
where there still are some questions with Smith and Jigbub. I wouldn't have any, but I could see how some would. Um, lots of potential guys for us, too. I mean, I think about if yeah. we go outside, um, is would Zach Harrison fall to 42? Right. He's a former five-star kid out of uh, Powell. I believe in my latest mock draft I had that. Yeah, there you go. That makes me Check believe it there's no chance it's going to happen. Um, he called James Hudson, folks. Don't forget it. He did. He did. That's true. Um, but Harrison's a guy who has a lot of the things they look for in terms of yeah. he'll have all the measurables. Um, he doesn't have the sack numbers. He's probably a little bit more like Clowney. Um, pretty good on the on the pressures front. Big, big physical kid who's got all of the measurable tool stuff you'd want. Um, and he could fall. He got hurt at the combine, so wasn't able to do some of the things. Did the, I think it was a hamstring. Um, but I saw him jumping and stuff today. He's a guy who maybe, boy, if he fell to 42, if he still had 42, that would be someone of interest. Yeah, it would be. I think that that's what we've said all along. Edge, pass rushing defensive tackle, or wide receiver at 42 seem like the, the only real options or a trade to acquire player or a trade back to acquire more assets. But that it feels like that's where it's going to be. And Ohio State's got wide receivers and edges or wide receiver and an edge that Curtin yeah. certainly could be of intrigue at that spot, although it feels unlikely that either of them would be available at 42. I think no chance on Smith and Jigba. Harrison None. could be. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe. I that be interesting to see what happens. They have a couple of safety kids um, that, you know, could be some late-round guys. They'll have nine, eight, nine guys drafted like they typically do, and that's why, why the league is there. The one uh, for tomorrow will be down in Tuscaloosa in Alabama. So you have that to look forward to as these pro days are starting to amp up a little bit. Um, pro days versus combine workouts. We asked Andrew Barry at the combine, how much do you look at the at these guys in terms of what they do at the combine in terms of their physical stuff? And what do you put at, 5%? Yeah, and a lot of that so, has to do with – right the medical is the biggest portion of that. He said for guys that don't have medical or off-field issues, it's like 2%. Yeah. I would imagine that this would be similar, like yeah. the pro day thing, right? Sure. Yeah, that'd be my I, guess. That to me, it's even less. Been... This is a fully scripted environment that you know exactly what you're going to be doing and, and how it's going to go. It, to me, these things are – shouldn't be looked at as how can they enhance somebody's draft stock. Now, if there's a question, if somebody didn't run earlier, now you could see them run, whatever. But for the most part, these it feels like these things could only be viewed as negatives, right? Like if you go out there and just have a bomb performance because of the pressure or you show up out of shape, to me those are your failing a pretty remedial test. And I think that's a Jalen Carter thing, right? Right, exactly. That's more of a you could come out of here with concerns. You shouldn't get so excited because you see a guy throw the ball great on air or run great routes on air. I mean, that shouldn't get people too excited. And yet it feels like two pro day performances, Zach Wilson's throw, (laughs) reverse pivot throw across his body, had a lot to do with him going to high to the Jets. I don't know how much it did or not, but the perception was that the way he threw pro day. Wasn't it also, though, at the combine that he was going to the Jets? Which would have been before his pro day. Uh, yeah. I, boy, I have a hard time remembering. So what draft would that have been, the Wilson draft? Two years ago. 2020? One. 21. 2021? Yeah. Were we? Were we there? I'm trying to remember. Were we there in 2021? No, we weren't, buddy. No. We weren't. That's why there was no – yeah, no, it was his pro day. Because 20 was the last one we were at, and then COVID hit. Correct. 21 was all virtual. It was all virtual. There was no combine. That's right. 
So it was his pro day that that reverse pivot throw across his body, you know, seventy yards downfield had a lot of juice for him. And then the other one was Which is Johnny. An absurd thing to say. Of course, it's stupid. I mean, Malik Willis of threw course. the ball at the combine and was throwing it like nine hundred yards, and yeah, makes couldn't doesn't not do anything. function yes. in the NFL. No. Um, and the same thing happened with John Football. Remember, he did wow. it in a helmet and pads. Yeah, his pro day. It, I mean, at his least was... it lended a little more like credence. Like, okay, at least he's while he's throwing on air, at least he's throwing it like in a uniform. Well, the whole reason they did that is to make him look bigger than he was. Yeah, that's the whole reason they put him in the pads and the helmet. Like there was to make him look bigger. There was a former president of the United States at that workout. Jeez, <sighs> craziness. Too yeah, soon. yeah. Like, it was a circus. Yeah, really was. Um, all right. I normally I say lots to get to. There's not a whole lot going on. I'll just be very candid it's with quiet. you. It's very quiet on the NFL front. It's there's some pro day stuff. Uh, free agency's dried up. Um, I remember at the combine there was some discussion that um, that they thought there'd be a little bit of a burst right away, and then it, a, a lot of teams would kind of hang back. And yep. and it feels like that's what's happening. We we've we're at a hang back. Uh, part of it. Um, I have a question uh, for both of you that I will get to coming up. We will go around the league. Ben Roethlisberger with an interesting claim. We will get to that. Play a little thing or not a thing. You have that to look forward to, which is very, very nice. Some luminaries um, in hour two. two we do have, oh, there you go. Oboe's in. Oboe, debut. Let's go. Oboe Okunronquo going to join us here at 2.15 on the program. So you have that to look forward to, which is very, very nice. We're off and running on a first Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, coming soon to Iowa on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion. Barking Backers presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs as we go around the NFL. Which do you think will be done first? Rod- we'll have resolution first. Rodgers or Lamar? Boy, that's Lamar. a tough. Lamar. Not tough for Zagura. It is a Give me tough your reason one. why. I want to see if it's the same answer I gave. Give me your reason why. I just think that there is a definitive deadline for the Rodgers deal that's by this year's draft because they're going to want the picks to help them this year, I would imagine, in Green Bay, Um, even though they're going to say with the leverage that, no, we don't need to do it at any time. We can hold it all the way till September. It feels like that will force um, that deal to get done by, by that point. And then with Lamar, I just feel like it's over already. I feel like it's toast. So the where do you, where are you giving? Are you Rodgers or Lamar? Who gets done first? Uh, I would say Lamar first because I have right now my confidence level is not very high that this Rodgers thing gets done. I feel like it should. There's 50 million reasons why Green Bay should get it done, but um, I, I have no. This is slogging along, and I don't know why it's slogging along. Spite, and the Packers want their price. Yeah, I and think they that, should get it. Well, they'll get. They're going to get a portion of it. I, I went Jackson too, and the reason I went Lamar was I just think that that as an organization, um, and you guys saw the story about how Lamar had a representative reach out to him who was not certified as an agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, 
it just goes back to, and again, this is from 30,000 feet. It appears to me that if he just had great representation, somebody like the agent of the stars, those type of people, you yeah. got somebody like that. They're not in this spot. It's None of this. Already. Yeah. It's done. One resolution. Either he's locked in long term and he's or happy he's to be a Raven for life or he's gone. It's done so quietly and it's gone. Um, so I think that's led to a lot of the of the of what's happened on the Jackson. But I do think that the Ravens will. They're just such a well-run organization that they will have it sorted out by the draft. I, think, I just don't yeah. think they're going to not. I don't think they're going to go into the draft not knowing who's quarterbacking them. I think the Packers right. aren't under a similar pressure. I think they know Jordan Love's quarterbacking him. It's either Jordan Love, it's Jordan Love regardless. The Jets don't know if it's Rodgers regardless. Um, but the Packers aren't under the same type of construct. They could, they could have the number one if they get a one for Rodgers. They could have it be in next year's draft. They could. Yeah. My guess is they would want it now, right? Agreed. But I don't think it's as important as the like the Ravens have a roster that feels like they want to contend. Are they really going to go into the draft not knowing who's quarterbacking them? No. No. The Packers know who's quarterbacking them, regardless. Right, and I just think Lamar. I think everybody wants that to be resolved as soon as it, it needs to be. Yeah. To the for the reasons that you made, I feel like in my answer I gave both sides of it, but I'm with you. I mean, I, that's what I think. I think that one will be done much sooner rather than later, because okay. I think at some point it's either going to be look, I'm not playing for you, so what are we doing here? Or somebody's going to come with an offer and say, I got to get set up for my season going into this draft. What am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think everybody involved, wherever he's playing, the team that he's the quarterback of needs to know that. There's, their spite is a thing, but in this case, the only leverage Lamar Jackson possibly has is to forego $30 million, which doesn't feel like a whole lot of leverage. If I'm the Packers, maybe, maybe you don't think this draft is great for what you need. And that's why I, well, we're happy to stockpile stuff for the year after and the year after with the hope that Rodgers flakes on the Jets a year from now. The Jets suck, and you get a higher draft pick. Here's the thing. You're also saying next year's quarterback class is better, right? So two things. Number one, you d maybe you say, all right, you'll give up Aaron Rodgers, and you want all your assets in the future, so you wait till after the draft, right? The Jets probably would be more into that, and you, as a, as a for the Packers, you're kind of saying either Jordan Love's going to end up being amazing, or we're we're tanking to get a high first round pick, and we're going to have two of them now that we can use to maneuver around with. I have news, and it's good news involving your Cleveland Browns. Go, give it go from Adam Schefter, Browns free agent linebacker Anthony Walker who visited this week with the Commanders, has agreed to return to Cleveland on a one-year contract per Good. sources. Good. That's great. Love it. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. we. Um, I think we did a pretty good job on the, on the show this season of articulating and illustrating his importance, not only to the overall defense, but to the young linebackers who signed up around him. Um, so, you know, this is about as good news as you're going to find. Uh, first of all, I love that. Now, here's the other thing that I don't quite understand is we've got – let me just think off the top of my head here. Do you need me to pull up a depth chart? Anthony Walker, Jr. We have our top four now all back from a year ago under contract. And Anthony Fields. And Tony Fields, I'm sorry. So that's five linebackers, right? Phillips, Taki, Owusu Koromoa, Anthony Walker, and Fields. We've signed 
if I'm not mistaken, have we signed three other linebackers? At we least signed two. One yesterday. We signed one uh, yesterday. Who Adam, Matthew with, Adams. Who was yeah. in with yesterday. the Bears and the Colts when Bubba Ventrone was there. We brought we signed Kunashik. Yep. Uh, there's a story Jackson on this. No idea. Um, so that's that's already that's a lot of. We have seven linebackers right now. I guess that's not that crazy for six spots and your health and all of those things that are you're going through. But you have seven. Does that include the A walk? No, eight counting A walk. Owusu Koromoa, Kunasik, Phillips, Adams, the Story Jackson, Tony Field, Sioni Takitaki, A walk. But I don't know when. I don't know when Taki's going to be. When he's going to you know, be I mean, ready. I hope the Taki's right. able to be ready right away, but I feel like that's going to take a little bit more sure. time. Sure. I think it's one of those things where it really doesn't matter who you signed or how many you have. This guy's going to be one of the dudes. I would so certainly we, hope so. We, we, we can sort out the rest of it in camp. Yeah. Um, but this guy starts next to JOK, and then that's where you, you go from there. That would be my assumption as well, and I'm glad he is back. And I know that I can tell you I talked to him – Numerous times this off season, he was always here rehabbing, you know, trying to get get his body ready for a season to come back from that injury. And this is where he wanted to be. So I'm glad. I'm very glad that it worked out. I think we're all just kind of waiting on the wide receiver news. You know, it's like, okay, we signed eight thousand linebackers. What about what's happening at wide receiver? Marquise Goodwin had a two day visit that left without a deal being done. Uh, I know that McCole Hardman is still in the mix, and then oh, yeah. there's this Jerry Judy trade. So there's so much still to be worked out there, but you would think that at this point, I mean, we've made so many moves this offseason. We really have made a lot, and a lot of it's been retaining our own guys, but it's been heavily defensive-focused. Heavily defensive-focused. Yeah. Well, new, you know, here's the other thing, though. New coordinator. Yep. Here are things that I want that we don't have. we got to go get these things for me to be able to have the success I want. And new so, special teams coordinator, and I think that's why yeah. uh, Matthew Adams is here. We signed that corner. That's I, I wasn't a linebacker, but we signed a corner who's a special teams guy from uh, Atlanta. So there's been a lot of movement on that special teams. But when you think about it, those are that's Mike your sixth Ford. linebacker, Mike Ford. That's your you know fifth sixth corner. So we're already kind of fleshing out what a 53 could look like on this football team and there's still going to be some competition for some other spots there's gonna be competition to who of familiar names do they make this team uh you know at the defensive tackle spot jordan elliott tommy togiai do, do they make this football team those are questions that will have to be answered linebacker there's going to be a name that we know that does not make this football team i mean that's just obvious yeah it's from fact. the numbers right there so it's an it's an interesting situation, but you're pretty set on that side of the ball, with the exception of you know, are do you feel good enough in that edge room? Is there somebody you'd like to draft to to get in that defensive tackle room that you like better than your current guys? And then the rest would be, you know, we we got three tight ends right now. Is Jerome Ford ready to take the reins as the number two running back? We sorted out backup quarterback with bringing you know Dobbs back. Receiver is really the question. Maybe, you know, a depth, some depth at guard, a fourth tackle since you've got your top three. There's not a whole lot of holes necessarily going into the rest of free agency in the draft. In terms of you could roll out a 53-man roster right now and feel pretty good about it. Yeah. 
That's nice. It makes me happy to see that deal done and, and to me see too. him back. And I think it makes it, it's going to make him, if he plays last year, a full year, the defense is different. I don't know. You can't argue anything other than that. I totally um, based agree. on based on what he was doing. Uh, ben Roethlisberger with an interesting claim. He claimed on that he had discussions with the Niners last season on uh, 105.9 Mark Madden. He says they were, I think, reaching out maybe just to gauge my interest. I had discussions. I'd be lying if I say I didn't say there was a small part of me that was intrigued. I could still do it and prove to people that I could still play. At the end of the day, I just keep, can't see myself in anything other than black and gold. Do you buy that? Well, it could have been red and gold. I do think Kyle probably was thinking, hey, we have a team that can go to the Super Bowl, and if Brock Purdy had had a couple of ugly games, that, yeah, maybe they would have brought him in. Roethlisberger understands how to read defenses, and what he became at the end of his career was a kind of see-it-one-read, get-the-ball-out-quick quarterback because he didn't yeah. have that cannon anymore, and that would have worked just fine in, in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yeah, it's not like Purdy would've. or Jimmy Garoppolo have cannon. So, yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense to me. And it would still make a lot of sense to me if, if you know, they keep him in the thought process for 2023, to be honest with you. Yeah. From the NFL Network, the Falcons are playing host to Calais Campbell this week, recently released by the Ravens, uh, who have kept the door open for his return. The 15-year vet met in Atlanta. Um, he's been around 15 years, I guess. Unbelievable. Yeah, makes sense. Such a good yeah. player, massive human, great guy on and off the field. I think that his loss is a, is a real loss for the Baltimore Ravens in the sense that he kind of was in many ways a leader of that football team and that organization. And, you know, a lot of people, it feels like they're interested in going to Atlanta. What's their ceiling? I mean, I guess they could win that division, but it certainly doesn't seem like they're, they're quite a loaded squad at the moment. No. I feel like they should be going on after someone else on the Ravens. Maybe right. they will. Well, maybe they will. Maybe and they maybe, will. Maybe part of their thing there with, with him is, hey, what do you know? What can you tell us about Lamar? And it would be some package. Obviously, it would involve Desmond Ritter would be my guess if it was a sign-and-trade type of a situation for the Ravens, if they liked him. Because, remember, the Falcons have Ritter, and then they signed Heineke. Now, none of that would preclude them if they decided, hey, we want Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it, it does feel like that would be a, a good lay. If he ends up anywhere in the NFC South, they're the immediate favorite. And a playoff lock, pretty much. Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, New Orleans with Carr, but yeah, it's that that would be the they would be the front runner with Lamar at, at, in either. Well, but it's it's the only place is Atlanta, Atlanta or Carolina, right? Because Carolina well, is picking number one. Stroud. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, so they're picking one. So it's Atlanta is really the only spot. That's the other thing for Lamar. It's like. Who are the dance partners? Is it Miami? Is it Atlanta? Is there somebody? Those two are mentioned most often. Indy. Is there somebody that we're missing that potentially could be? Um, you know, so that. But those are the ones that you hear most from uh, yeah. on that front. Are you guys? Do you guys remember when Martin Short used to do the character Jiminy Glick? Of course. Do you remember this? Yeah. So I had never seen this. It just popped up on my timeline. I have no idea why. It's one of the for you things. It's Jiminy Glick interviewing Larry David. What? <laughs> now, I can't hear any of it, but I'm just looking at the facial expressions, and it feels like something I can't believe I haven't seen. I I'm stunned by is it. Is it new? I don't know. Is it? I don't think it's new. Maybe it is. I got I mean, this feels like a – I mean, I could hardly even concentrate we'll take on a that. Break. I'm just looking at the, the laughing it of it. Yeah. We'll do a little thing or not a thing up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the National Football League. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today. Your best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Time for a little thing or not a thing. Hello, Gibbe. Hi, boys. Gibbe. Paulus, give me a little traveling music under this. Maybe you're playing it and I just can't hear it because the board's not wired right. Totally possible here. Little thing or not a thing on a Wednesday, otherwise known as a first Friday. That's right, Gibbe. That's a thing. Working our way, working our way toward a legit Friday. Next week, that's like getaway week for the two of you. Yeah. Zigar, you'll be here for a few. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well deserved sabbatical. May never return. Crazy. Uh, thing or not a thing? I found that a would couple. That'd be an What'd you say? Nothing. Ignoring. What, what did you say? Ignoring. Nothing. He's safe. He's safe. All right. Don't, as long as don't. it's not something I have to dump. By the way, <laughs> no, thing, you want it to dump it. Thing or not a thing? Thing. Anthony Walker Jr. fired up to come back. Source. Anthony Walker Jr. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Anytime, I, it was just so painfully obvious. If you if you just watched a little tape and paid attention, the difference when oh he was there God. and when he wasn't. Yeah, it was nor- enormous. It was. Makes all the sense in the world. Glad he's back. Uh, let's see. Uh, thing or not a thing. I've got a couple different topics for you all today. Uh, Bishop, we'll start with you since sure. this is birthed from your loins. All right. Uh, matchmaking a few of the remaining top free agents. Lamar Jackson to the Lions. Thing or not a thing? Well, what would that look like for – that would have to be one of those sign and trades. Correct. So you'd have to do – like what? What does that look like? Is that Goff to Baltimore? I don't know. I, I'm going to say not a thing because I think what I think Detroit really likes what they have, and I think that if you, they probably think Goff can be at the very least what Cousins was in Minnesota, and that's plenty good enough to win the NFC. Yeah, Jared Goff led them into Green Bay in a playoff game, basically for the Packers, and beat Aaron Rodgers and played well last year. Uh, I think it is not a thing. I agree with you. I think they like what they have. I think they like the way that everybody's rowing in the same direction. Now, uh, conversely, if they were to sign him to an offer sheet at, that was not to be matched by the Ravens, now you'd have to do something with Goff on the other end, and I don't know what his contract situation is, but let's just play theoreticals right now. They have an extra first-round pick. Correct. I think that's why I, so, I came up with them. So I just think they like what they're doing. I think that, you know, you you don't have Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown and, and kind of what they've assembled there. I, I think that they do like the way that Goff throws the football, especially indoors. You're in a division now that's got, you know, multiple indoor games. He proved he could win in January in Lambeau. Uh, I think they're quite content with what they have. I think that Jared Goff is probably valued as highly inside that building as he may be anywhere else. Thing or not a thing, number two, Ezekiel Elliott to the Chargers. Zagura, you lead us off here on thing or not a thing. Who cares? He's done. He's 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 toast. Who cares? Wow. Not a thing then, you're saying. 
No, not a thing. Um, he will not give them what, I'll tell you what, if that is a thing, if that ends up being a real thing, no way, shape, or form does he give them what Austin Eckler has given them. None. No, no, Zero. no. Totally different. Totally different. He was banged up last year uh, for sure. He's been banged up for a while. Obviously, he's lost a step. Um, I don't, to me, that doesn't feel like. I used to think that maybe uh, it would be Buffalo, but I saw they saw Damian Harris. They signed him today. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it's going to be for Zeke. I don't. I And if they think that he would certainly not be an apples-to-apples replacement for Eckler in any way. He could be, you know, short down. He's, he's good at a couple of things. He's good at short down. He's good out of the backfield. He's good at blitz pickup. He doesn't have the breakaway speed he used to have. Doesn't have the make you miss he used to have. Uh, but he's still a, he's still a viable NFL player. Just not. It's unfortunately because of the rate he was at. It was kind of skewed it a little bit. But he's he's still a viable player, just in a very different role than what he's accustomed to. He's averaged four yards a carry for the last three seasons. I mean, yeah. He started off his career going 5.1, 4.7, and then now it's 4.0, 4.2, 3.8. He did have a 4.1 in 17, but he was four and a half and above three years in a row. He's been. Uh, coming off of career low 3.8 on on a team, mind you, where Tony Pollard was well over five yards a carry in the same offense. I, I think he's I think his goose is cooked. It's a tough position, man. It's a tough position. Pollard, by the way, last year, 5.2 yards a carry the year before, 5.5. He averages over five yards a carry for his career in the same span that Zeke is is basically at four yards a carry. Some of that's skewed by the goal line. Like, they, they always hammered Zeke at the goal line over and over and over. You got Fine. a lot of that. I think a lot of you, short yardage stuff, yeah. Because I'm not they comparing were, the two. I'm just saying that he, he got I – I want to say it was almost like a mandate from Jera. Like, inside the five, Zeke gets it. There was a lot which of Which is that. great for him, which is why he has good touchdown numbers. But, yeah, I mean, when you watch them, it was readily apparent no, I, that I, they I wasn't were comparing the two. Team. I'm yeah. not, not comparing the two. Because no. they were on primetime, I don't know, every week. Yeah. Next up on Thing or Not a Thing this week, linebacker Bobby Wagner to the Bills. Would that be a thing or not a thing, Bishop? I don't think – I'm going to say not a thing. I don't think that – so who they – didn't they lose – They lost Jermaine Edmonds, so he'd be a nice they compliment lose to Edmonds. Matt Milano. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think smoke about him going back to Seattle. That's one that, to me, makes more sense. Like him going back to Seattle and, you know, one year in L.A., like, let's go back home, I'm going back to Seattle. That seems like more of a fit to me than Buffalo. Zagura. I mean, Buffalo makes sense in that do they need to get, you know, a Mike linebacker to play next to Matt Milano with Tremaine Edmonds gone? He would certainly do that. They're a team with Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, if you go to Seattle, I think it's it's more feel good. What's the actual – what's the goal? What's the, what's, what's the upside for that team? I guess they could be a playoff team, right? I mean, they sure were they this could. year. Yeah, they're the they second-best team in the West. Yeah. Yeah, and they got two first-round draft picks to add to it. Like – yeah, they're right there. Sure. Up next on Thing or Not a Thing, Zagura, your boy Theodore. Teddy Bridgewater to the Baltimore Ravens. Thing or not a thing? Uh, I mean, it could be a thing as, as a backup or as an insurance policy or so that they felt like they had somebody that they could play in the event that Lamar does leave. There's somebody they can play and, and you know, win a few games with. I, I think Teddy's best days are probably – behind him i don't know really what happened with him in miami he was always out it felt like while tua was out um i don't know it, it I, i'm not sure that teddy bridgewater has much of a future at this juncture anymore he's been in the league almost you know a decade a horrific injury never really 
we never know. It's kind of his peak was really after he led the Vikings to the playoffs early in his career was, you know, he filled in so well for the Saints a couple of years ago that you thought, okay, maybe he's still got something, but I, I don't know. And, and I think Teddy Bridgewater, if he's going to be successful, needs to be in a dome or in, in very warm weather, and he get neither of those in Baltimore. Not because he's cooked. as a He's done. I mean, he'd, he'd be a backup guy and come yeah. in spot starter. Like, he's not, he's not anybody that you'd – he's a placeholder oh, is right. what he is now. Agreed. And I love Theodore. And it's, yeah. it's the truth. Thing or not a thing, we move to free agency. The 49ers won free agency when they signed defensive tackle Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. Zagura, we'll start with you. Thing or not a thing? If we're limiting it to just free agent signings, that probably is the biggest, right, of just a pure free agent signing. I mean, I think the Bears have set themselves up with that DJ Moore trade and everything they did with, yeah. with Carolina. I think they've won free eight or put themselves in a position to really win. But for right now, from just a signing standpoint, yeah, I think that's probably the best one individual signing or in in the league so far this year. Orlando Brown to the Bengals is pretty good. Yep. In terms of needs. Does it change? Like, does it change? I guess what it what the Hargrave thing does for the Niners is it's not only addition to them, but it's subtraction of the other best team in the NFC. Right, they're direct. So it's rival. twofold. Yeah, yeah, it's twofold for that. Which one. is so it exactly probably is same as Orlando Brown, right? Right off. Yeah, of, that's true. That's right true. Off of so the those Chiefs. two are the those are the two to me that I look at and think those have the chance. Those are that's you're getting better. Super Bowl contenders got better. Chief competitors got worse with those signs. Yep. And then from kind of looking at it, I would say that given the way Detroit feels about themselves, and we've talked about Detroit, Cha Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for $8 million, for whatever reason, led it to that point. Like the fact he's more than an $8 million player yeah. without question. And I think that was a pretty darn good – that's a pretty good one there for – you got the NFL leaders in interceptions and a guy who was a huge difference maker for a team that you feel like you're going to have to beat to be a team of consequence in the NFC. So I think that would be another yeah. one there. And they added Cam Sutton as well to the back end of that team. They've had a good, they've had a very yeah, good, yeah, really season. good run, yeah. yeah. Speaking of winners or losers, up next on Thing or Not a Thing, the Miami Dolphins are the most improved team in the National Football League after one week of free agency. Bishop, thing or not a thing? Uh, not a true thing. I think it's. I think you mentioned Detroit. Uh, another one that I would say is Chicago. Yeah. I mean, Chicago went from. I mean, they had. They've always had the assets, but then they they weaponized the assets in a way that was really quite incredible with what they've done. I mean, they they can be a legitimate offense next year. Yeah. Because of what's happened this offseason. What did – so other than acquiring Jalen Ramsey, is there a big Dolphins move that I'm not quite aware of? Stand by. I don't think so, right? He's just uh, Ramsey. By the way, from uh, Adam Schefter, not Browns, but kind of Browns, uh, D. Ernest Johnson, one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you've got the Browns. He'll do well there. I'm happy for him. He'll do very I well. I love him. Yes. Yeah. Is that a homecoming for him? I mean, well, he was down in Florida, Florida for sure. Yeah. yeah. Best I think, of I luck. He's more him. Tampa, Tampa area. I thought, but best of luck to him. I, I love D. Ernest Johnson. Incredible story from working on fishing boats down in the Keys to. Basically yeah. forcing his way into the, I think it was the USFL or the uh, American the Alliance, AAF, Amer Alliance of American Football. AAF, yeah. Yeah, forced his way into there and then got to the Browns. 
You know, you'll never forget FedEx Ground Player of the Week, 140 yards on that Thursday night a couple of years yeah. ago against the Broncos when you needed it. Uh, showed how he could, you know, in that season, got 100 carries, ran for over 500 yards, three touchdowns. Um, I think he could be very, very good, and he's somebody that gives them, I think, kind of a between-the-tackles compliment to Etienne, and if Etienne were to miss any time, he's going to give them more than what I think James Robinson was able to give them last year, and, and that was substantial. I mean, they're turning it over to Etienne as they should, but Dearness Johnson, I think, has an opportunity, like in fantasy, if you have ETN on your team, you're going to want Dearness Johnson because I think that he's you know one play away from being a very productive guy in this league. I also right. think he's better than – he'll be better than they realize almost. Yes. Uh, by the way, the Dolphins' other big signings, Braxton Berrios, wide receiver. Uh, yeah. Are you in his family? I feel like that's the only way that Braxton Berrios and big signing would be in the same sentence. There you go. <laughs> Raheem Mostert's back. Jeff Wilson's back. But that's yeah. back, so not improvements. So Mike basically, White. it's the Ramsey. They, they signed Mike White. No, no, it's Ramsey's. It. I, it's Braxton it cannot be your Mike White. Mike White cannot be your example. Meaningful snaps for that football team. I don't. Th- I, I don't, don't know if you're excited into... about that. That would be a disaster. I don't, I don't think case. you're excited about it yeah. at all. But I picked a team and I said thing or not a thing. Well, throw it up against the wall, kids. It's March twentieth. I like it. Good job, you bet. Up next, Aaron Rodgers is still one of the top five QBs in the NFL. Thing or not a thing, Bishop? No. Nope. Not. Five? true thing. Five. Five? Who are the five in front? Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert. Yeah. I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence. I'm telling you, the way that he and played then, down the stretch, you could take Trevor Lawrence there. I would rather have Lawrence. Uh, I'd rather have our guy. Based on situation, nuts, like. But I would. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would have him just outside of that, somewhere between, you know, six and He's still and in ten. the top quartile. He's in the top eight. Yeah. And, of course, he can win you a Super Bowl. Did his play decline last year some? Absolutely. Was he? Did he struggle a little bit on the deep ball relative to years past? Absolutely. Could it have been disinterest? Could it have been lack of chemistry? Perhaps. But it. everybody declines. Brady declined last year. I mean, Brady was on a team with Mike Evans and Godwin, and they were the worst team in the NFL on third and ten or longer. Like, And that's Tom Brady. It happens. Uh, I have Ayahuasca. one more, but I, I believe that this this is an old take now, given what's happened in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> what? Yeah. The, the Browns in free agency thing or not a thing outside of wide receiver, the second biggest need now for the Browns is that linebacker. Thing N- or not? Not now. Thing. Not <laughs> now. That's what I mean. 20 and minutes still ago, not maybe a th- it was Still relevant. not a thing. Still not a thing. Yeah. Who? What would be number two? It's D-line and receiver. So if it's not, if you're saying receiver is not an option, D-line. All right, pick one. Tackle or end? End. And I'll take tackle just so that we have diversity to answer in the sense that, like, we really don't know who's starting next to Dalvin Tomlinson. You want it Correct. to be Perry on Winfrey. You want, does Elliott show you something? Do, does Maurice Hurst, who's very productive when he's healthy, who hasn't really played in two years, is he is he healthy? Tristan Hill's a former second-round pick. You know, do these guys come in and do something? But, like, right now we know our guest coming up in this hour, Okoronkwo, is going to be the starter opposite Miles Garrett. And you drafted Alex Wright as a developmental guy, and you think he takes a big step forward in year two. But The general wasn't so sure, by the way, on Oboe. No? What did he say? As an every-down guy. Not I think so that's, sure. I think that there's going to be a rotation there, but I think he's going to be the starter, and he's certainly going to be involved in rushing the passer. I mean, Alex Wright For played sure. to run well. So if you're in an obvious running situation, maybe you'll go Alex Wright in there. But, yeah. 
thing or not a thing for both of you, is this one of the greatest tweets of all time? No names, please. I'll just read the tweet. Again, no names. We're not going to give you the count is. Enough about me. Let's talk about you, my followers, for a moment. What do you most admire about me? I guarantee I know who. I know 100% (laughs) whose Twitter handle that is. And the guy is an absolute content machine. He's unbelievable. He's just an unbelievable human. He's so good. Oh he's my, my god. He's my favorite it's follow on Twitter. And know that I take it all in jest, everybody. He's my it's favorite so much follow fun. on Twitter. No names, no names, please. But just he's my favorite so follow good. on Twitter. He's so good. Every day. Uh Obo will join us at two fifteen. We have that to look forward to, which is very nice. Second hour of the program coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Our new defensive end, Obo Okunronkwa, will join us here momentarily, I would say, in the next 15 minutes or so. He will make his CBD debut, so you have that to look forward to, which is very nice between now and then. This from CBS Sports, top 10 off-season moves. Can I just say one thing right away before we even get into this? Please. Give me this list from a Cody Benjamin. Like, number one is not done. Number one's I not know. done. No, number one is not done, and, and he so doesn't. How do, why do people keep th- doing th- this? This list, this list is pretty awful, and I figured there is no better time to pick it apart than. On First this of all, show and right Hargrave's now. not on the list. Javon, Javon Hargrave's signing isn't even on the list, and Aaron Rodgers number one, which hasn't even happened, other than that he said that's what he wants to have happen on Pat McAfee, and and basically beg the Packers to do the right thing and, and let him get traded. Yeah, so this is top ten moves. Like they have coach hirings in here, free agency stuff, trades. Like it is a stunning miss, and sometimes these can be really far off. This one doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't get it, man. People, it's content. It's a slow content time, which we all know. And he's trying to generate content, and and this is. This is pretty wild to me. I actually, Vic Fangio, I'm fine with that being on the list. Bradbury, Orlando Brown should be much higher than number nine. No mention of Javon Hargrave, which is insane to me. And the Bears trade is number three. Maybe should be number one for considering everything that the Bears got, including DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty wild. All the way across the Cam board. Sutton, number two? I mean... Yeah, that's. I mean, that, where do they? So you have Cha- Chauncey Gardner Johnson at five. You've got Cam Sutton at two on this. I got to tell you, like some of these, I got no problem with CBS. I was a big fan of uh, Dallas as a kid. The Dukes of Hazard, big fan of CBS. But it feels like anytime we do anything from their NFL guys, it's nuts. I I looked at it. I'm like, well, good news. Guess what we're going to talk about today? The big misses, like. He's got the Bears acquiring DJ Moore, and I understand that side of it. But how do you not have the Carolina side in the top ten acquiring the number one pick? They gave up a lot for it. 
I mean, and, and but you like, don't know how it's going to work out. I would just say that I'd rather be Chicago in that deal. You know, you get but a, a le- is that both of them are are franchise changing decisions though no on doubt. both sides. Correct. I mean, it's should both the be trajectory the trajectory of the trajectory of both of those franchises will be determined on that trade. Yep. Either what the Bears do with the assets accumulated from Carolina if they use them wisely and and honestly their bet on Justin Fields because that's got to pay off too, right? They have to land the plane on Fields. They have to make sure they were right on that and that C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young isn't that dude. If those two guys aren't that dude, then the Bears win this as big as, as ever. For Carolina, David Tepper had tried for years to land a quarterback. I mean, they were for two years, two off seasons. They were in on Deshaun Watson, yeah, two separate years, and couldn't pull it off, and could not get the quarterback that he wanted. He tried every means. Anytime a quarterback, there was a whisper of a quarterback on the market, Tepper was on it, and couldn't get it done. And he said, "I've had enough, man. Go to one, pick the guy you want. Yep. Let's figure out who this is. Let's go get the franchise quarterback. We haven't had one in a minute. So that's the most consequential thing to this point that's happened in this off season." The two that would have that would trump that will be whatever happens in Baltimore, and then the Rodgers thing to a lesser extent, just because the Roger thing, it won't be in my view. The Rodgers thing is at best going to be like a Brady situation at best, and I understand that's. I'm not talking about the Super. I'm talking about three years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's a three year window for him with the Jets if he goes there. At, to me, that feels like the extent of it, and I don't think even with him they're a Super Bowl team because of how brutal the AFC is. They have a chance to be in the dance, right? I mean, I think yeah. that you could get into an AFC playoff situation where you could say legitimately all seven teams could come out of the, the conference. I think you will. I think it's likely, yeah. I mean. I don't think there's any team that we could say is definitively going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. You'd have to say somebody's going to have to beat Mahomes, right? I mean, that's you're gonna have to, two yeah. years ago the, the Bengals did it, but that's that's the team that's been there in the AFC championship game every single year. We've gone to three Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, just do it. Pretend the Jets make the playoffs, that they're one of the seven. And the other yep. six are Chiefs, Bills, Chargers, Bengals. Jags and us. Jaguars, us, Jets. Every one of those teams would say, yeah, we can win it. Of course. By the way, you're not putting in Baltimore with Lamar. You're not putting in Miami, who was really good with Tua. Or Denver with Russ. Or Denver with Russ, resuscitated. A resuscitated Russ with Sean Payton. Is that seven teams? That we just named a total of. I named six. We added uh, three more after that. So that's a total of ten teams in the AFC. Like the ones that would be the. Would it be surprising if Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl in Denver, based on what we saw last year? A little yes. bit, but it wouldn't. It's not an impossible thing for me to see with Sean Payton and the success that he's had. And Wilson's not that far removed from playing at a high level. There's. Three I mean, teams. I guess like. The idea that the – I think it would be shocking for most people outside of here for us to do it. Of course. Um, the, the Dolphins with Tua, probably a little. And I guess Jacksonville just because usually there's a – you usually don't go from, you know, kind of in to, like, winning it. But I wouldn't be shocked. No, but there are three teams in the AFC East that absolutely think that they can do it, with the exclusion being the Patriots. There's the Jags in the South, that's four. There are probably three teams in the AFC West that really believe they can. I mean, Denver, Sean Payton, and Russell Wilson have to believe they can do it. For That's sure. seven, and I would say you would say probably three teams in our division, if Lamar is back with the Ravens, believe they can do it. 
Pittsburgh the might Steelers believe they can too. do it too because they made the postseason. Which is insane. Yeah, certainly. Um, all right, Obo Okoronkwo. Oh, is he going to join us right now? Oh, we could be have Obo could be joining us right now. I believe he is calling in right now. So all right, we'll just stand by. Very good. Excited. Very excited to see this. Are we official on the jersey on this? We'll have to ask him. Yeah, if, if he's 007. If we're officially 007. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be very good. All right, we're, Paulus is working it out. He's calling in on the hotline right now. The Twisted Tea Hotline brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted. Cleveland on the other end of the hotline. Obo Okunronquo joining us. Obo, thank you so much for taking the time. Congratulations. Welcome to Cleveland, my man. You just had your press conference. I suppose that now, by this point at least, it's very much sinking in that this is all now official. Welcome to Cleveland, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you all for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of the, the Dog Pound. How did this process uh, work for you? Um, how did you land on Cleveland being the destination? Um, I guess uh, when free agency opened, um, they showed a lot of interest. Uh, they they told me what their plan was for me, and it just it just made sense for me. Um, you know, uh, I love playing for the Texans. Uh, I had I, I met a lot of great people. I got a lot of great opportunity there, but I couldn't pass up playing with you know one of the best players in the league. You know, um, I felt like that would do it. That that was just so much opportunity to play on the other side of him. That's like the most coveted spot for an edge rusher in the league. So I couldn't pass on that. And then with all the other great players on the roster, I, I saw opportunity to, to uh, you know, compete, compete in the playoffs and, and ultimately win a Super Bowl. So so it was a no-brainer for me. Oh, but when you, you know, were thinking of making the decision to come to Cleveland, you said it was a no-brainer. You had a lot of former Cleveland Browns on that team in the Texans. One guy that we loved, Christian Kirksey, was one of the leaders on your defense. Did you ever uh, chat with him and say, hey, you know, what was it like in Cleveland? Is that is, or something that he ever talked about, what it was like to play in Cleveland? Yeah, definitely. He talked about how, how crazy the fan base was. He said that that was one thing that he missed about Cleveland, uh, that the fans were just, like, so into it, and they, and they, they, they stood by the team. So, Oba, we've seen we've seen pictures or jersey swaps or rumors that maybe you're going to be wearing number seven, and and I was just wondering, number one, if that's true, it, it, do you like double O seven? I feel like that'd be a good nickname for you. It, so, is it true? Are you going to be wearing seven? Uh, I, I love the nickname, but I, I guess we'll all see, huh? In, in, a, in, in a couple of days. Okay. We'll all right. see. Okay. All right, very good. Yeah, that's it. Feels like a no-brainer. Um, you, I heard you in your your press conference with the local the local media that um, you know somebody asked you know what changed for you. You said opportunity, opportunity changed for me. Um, when you were in the middle of that run that you had in Houston last year, where you started to get that opportunity, um, how much validation was that for you in terms of what you believed you were capable of showing up on tape and, and in games? It wasn't really any validation for me, honestly. Uh, I still felt like I wasn't doing enough, you know. I still felt like um, I hadn't, I hadn't scratched. I had, I've, I've only scratched my like full potential, you know. Um, I feel like you get better every game. No, well, I, I know I do, and I felt like um, you know the more the more I play, the better I get, the more productive I'll be. Um, so like, yeah, I, that opportunity was there, and I played better when I got more more snaps. But I still felt like I left a lot out there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this year uh, playing the best ball I've played yet.
Yeah, you finally get to start five sacks in those final six games uh, to wrap up the season. And now, you know, the Browns, and I've talked to, to people here, and I know that you have as well, and they, they view you as a three-down player, a guy who can come in and start. How exciting is that for you as somebody who's been a part of, you know, great defenses, certainly with the Rams, uh, and then now an opportunity to come in and be a starter with a team like the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. You know, I'm, I'm just excited to be in that stadium, just, just to get my first sack. You know, celebrate with my teammates. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. You know, um, when when I signed, I, I reached out to a couple of a couple of my teammates that I already knew. That my new teammates that I already knew, and we're all just excited to just get going. Who are some of those guys that you that you already knew that you were excited to get to work with? Oh, okay, I, I know uh, D Watt. I, I reached out to D Watt. Um, we 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 were our, we already were pretty familiar with each other. Uh, I reached out to John Kelly, uh, Jeremiah. Uh-huh. I uh, reached out to Perry on, you know, he went to OU, he's an OU guy as well sure. as Isaiah. Um, just, oh, uh, Jacob, Jacob, I had him on his visit to OU. He ended up going to LSU. But, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm pretty familiar with a lot of guys on the roster. Just, just you know, football is a fraternity. We've ran into each other at, at, at just different points in our careers. So it, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the team. That's awesome. That's really amazing. Yeah, you think yeah. you forget. I guess we think once you get to the league, you know the guys who play on your team, but that you forget this goes back uh, to college. You play at a place like OU, you're going to run in the circles with a lot of great players. Um, what were some of those – what was those conversations with Perrion and, and, and Jake? My gosh, you, so you hosted Jacob Phillips on his visit to OU? Yeah, I did. That's and, – and, and so, Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I, he, he told me he was coming, and he ended up going to LSU. So, so I still, I still got to give him some crap about that. <laughs> Did you, what? What? How did you? How did you? Die? I mean, it feels like you. He, he tells you he's coming, then he goes. Tell, did you have? You still got a little beef there, I would think, right? Like, come on, man. You mentioned off the top uh, the ability to play on the same defensive line as Miles Garrett. So it was something that that was very very appealing to you. Uh, well, I can tell you for for those of us up here, um, we have been looking for someone to consistently play next to Miles for a very long time at a high level. It's something the organization's been looking for as well. Uh, do you feel like you can fill that role? One hundred percent. I feel like um, it's going to be a really good year off the edge for Cleveland. When you talked to Jim Schwartz, what, what was kind of the sense you got of, of the role you're going to have in this defense? And you mentioned coming off the edge and, you know, getting to attack, right? Yeah, he, just, he, he wants me to be as disruptive as possible. Um, he, he wants me to get off, get off the rock. He wants me to line up wide and, and get off the rock. And, and that's what I do really well. So when you look at it, you come on off one side, Miles coming off the other, and I know you said uh, earlier today that you watched some Dalvin Tomlinson tape. He pushes that pocket. When you're an edge rusher and you have a guy up front who kind of pushes that pocket and eliminates the quarterback's ability to step up, how does that help you? How does that change your game plan? And, and how does that help you and Miles have those meetings at the quarterback that we all love to see? It just allows us to rush like higher. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to cut it off uh, so, so shallow. You know, when you can do that, it gives you more opportunity to bend and bend at the top and, and finish with those strip sacks that you want. You know, those strip sacks come when the, when that quarterback is floating. He's floating and floating because he can't step up. So, so just having having a big, strong body like that pushing the pocket is, is going to do. It's going to it's going to be great for me and Miles. 
Yeah, well, we're excited to have you here. I know uh, yes. one thing that Z always likes to ask, and, and I'll let him do it right now anytime we get a first chance to talk to a guy. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, yes, and that is, you know, when you go out there, obviously in football you're in a helmet, right? And, and it's hard sometimes to get to know people. What's something that you want Browns fans to know about you when they look down and they see hopefully Agent 007 out there getting after quarterback? What's something that you want Browns fans to know about you? Um not much. I think they'll learn, but I but I'm pure energy when when I when I get separate. Like I might be calm now, but when I step out on the field, um, I'm I'm just I'm a different guy. You know, I, I love the game, and you'll see it. You'll see it immediately. Well, welcome to town, awesome. man. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time. Can't wait to see you out there. Look forward to that jersey reveal uh, somewhere in the coming days. Uh, thanks for joining us today, bud. Thank y'all for having me. Uh, very good. That's your new defensive end, Oba Okunronkwo, joining us, making his debut via the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Uh, we actually do have a lot more to come, including some reactions to that conversation with Obo Coming up next, you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Valley Bet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back in to Cleveland Browns Daily. Renew your home for the last time with the new home exteriors, siding, and roofing products. Don't spend all day with high-pressure sales, guys. The team at Renew Home Exteriors won't waste your day with hours of negotiating the price at your project. Just an upfront fair price to make your job and your project easy. Modernize your home with premium siding, ranging in every style and color. Renew Home Exteriors, superior products, superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more on that. Uh, nice to have Obo on there. Good to have him uh, in town and part of it. Uh, yeah, we had the, the general on yesterday um, and and was saying pass rush specialist. But, look, with great opportunity comes great responsibility, and, yep. and Obo feels like he's ready for the challenge. There's certainly stuff on tape to lead you to believe that he's going to be able to do that. He's a little bit lighter, yeah. uh, than, than which is probably where the general, John McClain, comes to the, the end that he comes to get to. But I also think that – um, let, let's see what happens when all this gets put together and how it all fits into a Jim Schwartz defense. Well, yeah, you remember he was drafted by the Rams as a kind of a stand-up outside linebacker uh, to rush the passer. And then, you know, last year with the Texans in a four-man front, he got to play some defensive end. I, I, the Browns think he's a better run defender than I think the a an average person gives him credit for. We'll see how much they utilize him in that role. But he was brought here to do mainly one thing, and that's rush the, that's rush the quarterback. And, you know, since Miles Garrett's been here, we've never had that guy with him go for 10 sacks. Clowney got to nine uh, two years ago. But uh, and a lot of that was kind of yet two in the final game, a late season flurry. But we've never had that guy that was consistently getting to the quarterback opposite Miles Garrett, and that's exactly what Obo Okoronkwo was was brought here to do. And so hopefully, that's what he can do. I think in tandem with Alex Wright, who's a much bigger end, and they've always thought that he could be kind of that big run stopping end opposite Miles Garrett. That I think you have a very good tandem and what what amounts to a very complete player. You know, right? Struggled last year to rush the quarterback, but was very good, as I said, against the run. So I think you kind of have both of those things. I, I think ultimately you want him fresh 
for those money downs to get after the quarterback, right, with Okoronkwo. And, and can you do that by playing all the time? Maybe. We'll see. But I think that really what you're looking for is this guy to get after the quarterback, give you double-digit sacks opposite Miles Garrett, give you some pressures, and then I think the Browns are going to be obviously in very, very good shape. I do want to say, though, as we were going to break, or coming out of that break, it felt like Gibbe was just screaming into a void, and I felt bad for him with so much yelling and no audience. It, it must have been sad. It was a bit of a closet yelling, yeah. I mean, it, that's sometimes that that did happen a little bit. I did, I noticed that as well. Yeah, I come up with an idea, and everybody goes, "Nah." I didn't hear the idea. Nah. To be fair, I never. I didn't hear the idea. I well, the, oh, I know Zagura did. Oh, I heard. He it. was like, was he a, looked at me big, with all his bug eyes and it was, was a, like, well, it was a "Big idea." What, you don't want to go do? It. I'm like, "Okay, fine. You do what you want to do. We got thirty minutes left. Figure it out." We just gave you let a me football. Know what you, let me know what you want to do here with this. Just gave show. you a meat sandwich right there, talking about a guy in Okoronkwo who, you know, was in the top 13 in pass rush productivity, five sacks in his final six games, Gibe, and a great compliment there. And then, you know, Alex Wright, while he didn't necessarily get to the quarterback, played the run well and also led the team on the defensive line with five passes defensed last year. So I think together you have everything you need. It's in two bodies rather than one. But I think that the Browns are going to be able to get the most out of that. And, and listening to Oboe talk to us – I think he's pretty excited about the the opportunity to be clearly yeah. the guy and the opportunity to prove you know naysayers wrong. And, and I don't think the general is a naysayer at all. But look, you get paid in this league to be a defensive end who can get after the quarterback, and those are the ones that are considered the game wreckers much more so than oh man, this defensive end's great against the run. Okay, that that's nice. That gives you a role on an NFL team, but that's not somebody that's going to really be impacting the outcome of games in money situations because, let's face it, money downs in the National Football League are typically third down uh, passing situations. Here, this is, this is where I am with this. You tell me if this is overreaching. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of this – is, this is where I am with a defensive line. You need either Alex Wright, Perry and Winfrey, or Jordan Elliott to be a, to be a, a big pro, like a dude. Not a don't have to be an all pro, don't have to be a pro bowler. I think that would be a wild stretch for any of them. But you need one of those three guys to be a legitimate issue on the defensive line. The guy to be that a has pro a... defensive lineman. One of those three guys has got to go. Perrion's got the highest ceiling from my vantage point. No doubt, and he feels like he's the closest. Um, but one of those, if one of those three doesn't do that, then you're going to have some issues. Based on where we are now, either that or you're banking on a rookie. And I got some breaking news for you that I can confirm. Uh, McCole Hardman is signing with the Jets. Cole Hardman to the Jets, and that is – I can confirm that report. Yeah, Jeremy uh, Fowler originally. He's going to the Jets. So that means one of – How many receivers are the Jets going to have? Corey Davis or Elijah Moore are not going to be on the Jets next year. So that is another – those are other possibilities for the Cleveland Browns uh, to bring into their wide receiver room. Elijah Moore is a guy that they like is, quite a bit. Did you see the Fowler tweet, by the way? So the tweet reads – this is the tweet from Fowler. Source, McCole Hardman has agreed to terms with the Jets on a one-year deal, more speed for Cleveland's offense. That's the tweet. What? I just read that. <laughs> His tweet reads, McCole Hardman has agreed to terms with the Jets on a one-year deal, more speed for Cleveland's offense. Well, I guess. Uh, so it leads you to believe that it was right down. To it, huh? 
right? Like he it could have gone it. either he, way. He, he edited it and now says New York's offense. Um, yes, obviously. And it was. I know that the Browns Between were, those two. The Browns were talking. I think that it came down to ultimately uh, the Jets were willing to to offer up a little bit more money for McCole Hardman than the Browns were. And that's the that's the direction that it that it ended up going. So for the Browns, again, like I said, there's the Jerry Judy trade. Now you'd have to imagine one of these, one of Moore or Davis will not be on the Jets next year. Yeah, I mean, they already signed Lazard last week. Maybe both of them. So they currently yeah. have Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis. You're not. It doesn't. Doesn't Rogers want Randall Cobb? He does. So. <laughs> My guess is both of those guys are available, and, and I wonder if you're the Browns. Is Elijah Moore, what's his price tag relative to that of Jerry Judy? Uh, it's just more options for the Browns, him going to the Jets. I, a lot of people say, well, let's just have gotten McCole Hardman here, and I understand that. So you could end up, though, bringing in a guy like Goodwin and, and then also making one of these moves. But I know Elijah Moore was highly regarded in this building and I loved him coming out of Ole Miss. I think he could be a very productive player with a fresh start. And then you've got, you know, Corey Davis, former first-round pick, who can still run and play and win on the outside for you. Brad Spielberger of PFF with this. Uh, Got to wonder if Elijah Moore's trade request may be granted after all. So, yeah, it, it, it would have like to it. be. Yeah, it's got to be. So, can't have 75 receivers. And, and, you know, perhaps this was – I don't know what, how you know, transparent the things were, but perhaps this was something where the Browns knew that it was them and the Jets, and if he went with the Jets, that you know, there would be a, a different opportunity available, right? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, to me, yeah, it seems like it. But that's, you know, so now in terms of – so you – from a true free agent standpoint, it's pretty much dried up. It's going to have to be via trade, and we know that they were in on Judy. It would have to be via trade um, in order, or via draft in order to acquire a guy who checks all the boxes. McCole Hardman was kind of the last one out there that checked them all, wasn't he? He checked, yes. Again, not a complete. He checked receiver, the one we talk about. The checked most. the one we talked about the most. I think Elijah Moore is is a considerably better overall wide receiver and has some of that juice that you're looking for. Like I would be, but he's not a free agent. Is but what he's, I'm saying. He's going to be available. available. Correct. Yeah, yes. he'll be available, but he's not yeah. a free agent. So yeah. in terms of now, you now you're at the mercy of other teams, and then bidding wars and that type of stuff. For sure. Um, what about your guy just DJ straight out Chark? He's out there. No, he's so, not. Is he? I thought Didn't he was he going sign? to Carolina. I don't know if yeah, he did. I thought he signed. I thought Are he maybe sure? I could be wrong, but I thought he signed. I could be wrong, but I I thought he signed somewhere. Uh, still interested. Lions and Panthers, but not. Uh, not official yet. So this is, I, I think, if if the people out there who were set on getting McCole Hardman and for that not to have worked out, and I would have certainly welcomed McCole Hardman to the Cleveland Browns. He wanted to come here. I know that. I would say to you that going to the him going to the Jets of all the possible scenarios, if you're looking at through Browns lenses, is probably as good as it can be in the sense that it's going to make other people who would be desirable to the Browns available. It's not like he's just going somewhere and that is just a void in the in the wide receiver market. He's going somewhere which necessitates by him going there, they are going to have. And with Lazard also going there, there there will be wide receivers available. Yeah, there have to be. They can't. Yeah, they can't do it all. Can't you can't keep all the receivers for yourself. 
No, <laughs> got a lot of them there, man. Maybe they so, listen to us. Weapons, 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 weapons. Want? <laughs> you want all? Weapons, you got to get them, man. That's it. That's the whole operation. That's where. That's where you stand at this point. Um, all right, a couple of observations uh, from last night in sports we wanted to get to. Um, also, a couple of observations from Ohio State's Pro Day. There seems to be at least two certainties coming out of that. We'll get to all of that coming up next. This is the Cleveland Browns brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Uh, this from Ohio State Pro Day to the surprise of no one. Albert Breer on some early reaction from NFL coaches and personnel guys on Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, the sophomore rising junior at Ohio State. Quote, incredible, really impressive, unfortunately not draft eligible. He looked like a dude, LOL. So, yeah, he is... Did Who you, do you think he is? That kid. I feel like I feel like you must have sent that he looked like a dude one. I feel like that's right out of your it does uh, feel like one of yeah. either that or perhaps he's you know, a dude. people people who I've you know done things with previously from a in this medium feels like that could have come out of their mouth as well. He's just a as a, in yeah. being in a perimeter of of my vernacular, yeah, sure it does feel like it. He is, yeah, he's he's going to be great. Uh, the other thing that came out of it that I thought was pretty funny was. Um, did you see – you guys know Josh McCown, obviously, well from his time here. Did you see his interaction with C.J. Stroud? Yeah, I watched a quick little video of it. I don't know what to really make of it. I love Josh McCown. Fine. He feels was- like whatever the – well, I guess we got to be careful where we're doing this, but I, it feels like pretty strong leaning that C.J. Stroud's going number one overall. Yeah, you would think that. You would think that. Yeah. Yeah, there was a whole – it was like an awkward moment, like – there were all these people around, and then everybody parted, and it was Frank Reich, uh, Josh McCown, and There's there was Tepper. someone else there from Carolina. Tepper's like, in the blue long sleeve with the with big big embrace. Tepper's there. Yeah, like I, I feel like he's going to be such a good quarterback coach too. It's so funny. We were hoping to do some things with him in the in the with the Browns, you know, from like film standpoint, because he was doing that last year. And he's like, well, let me see. I, I may have some things, you know, in the uh, in the hopper. And now he's a quarterback coach for the Panthers. <laughs> well, wasn't he coaching high school football or high something school. like that? Right, but that wouldn't have precluded him from doing anything with the Browns. This no, this certainly does. Yeah, certainly. Uh, one other thing, non-football, uh, World Baseball Classic final was awesome. last night. Um, I did not watch it. I saw the stuff this morning from Same. it. Um, I know some people were excited about it. I'm very curious to see what the ratings were for it, but it feels like a win. It feels like people excited about baseball in March, which anything that is that is a win. Um, let me just pose this to you is for me, non baseball diehard fan, which I used to be, I'm no longer same for, for those of us just to have a general knowledge of the sport and a following of it. Is Shohei Otani undervalued, underappreciated? Because it feels like to me he might be. Three things, and the third will be answering the question you just asked. One, go. I have seen reports that they believe that last night will be the most watched baseball game of all time because oh, of worldwide the, for sure, yes, but not in because America. Because of the, yeah. the the Japanese audience, but that they think yeah. that will be the well, most. They had- they had 93% of the televisions in Japan were watching the semifinal. Correct. 93% right. of the TVs were watching the semifinal. So, 
Yes, that's a lock, I think, for what you so, just said. All right, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Two, I felt like in the the little bit that I watched, which was highlight-driven, there was this mattered more to everybody on the field, I felt like, than any World Series that I've seen in a long time. Like in terms of just the, the stakes, the passion, the emotion, the caring, the commitment, all of it. Um, and yep. then three – yeah, Shea Otani would be one of the best hitters and position players, and then he also can pitch. He just struck out Mike Trout. Mike Trout had struck out swinging on three swings, three swing and misses in one at bat, I think 24 times in over 6,000 plate appearances. That would have been the number 25 in his in his career. And Otani did it throwing 102-mile-an-hour gas. Like, yes, I think he is under – I think he's – We don't allow our best guys to do this anymore. I was down in Tallahassee when, when Buster Posey came to Florida State. He was a shortstop and a pitcher, and yep. they turned him into a catcher because that was the fastest, best, best path to Major League Baseball. And, by the way, it worked. I mean, he was an MVP. He was won multiple World Series. He's great. Um, but when he came in, he was the starting shortstop, and then he was the closer. Um, and he had a hose, and they turned him into a catcher. So this is what we do. We don't allow our guys to do this. We specialize even amidst specialization, for God's sakes. Um, We take kids who are pitching. Well, you can only be a pitcher now. You can only do this. You can only play this position. Uh, We have guys in Little League telling left-handed kids they can't play shortstop because they're lefties. they got to go play first. Like, come on, man. They're eight years old. Let them live a little bit, for crying out loud. Like, I get it. It's more difficult. But this is what we do. Like, we do this. Meantime, this dude – got to do what he was best at, which apparently is everything. Everything, right. But that's how he's – he is the only professional equivalent I can think of of, like, the best kid in the Little League League who is your number three hitter, plays shorts up, and yeah. – or a cleanup hitter, and pitches is your ace. Yeah, for sure. But he's, he's, no doing it in, he's doing it in major leagues. So to but your we point, don't let our kids do it anymore. We stop them, and they didn't stop him. Which is amazing. Like, amazing. He's he's almost he's the Bo Jackson, but just of his sport. It's, in the fact that he can do both. He, so it's well. really yeah. this hasn't happened in since it's a hundred years. I mean, it's like Ruth yep. since we've had anybody even attempt to do this. Yeah. So yeah, and to maybe do it on the reg. Maybe it'll open people's I hope eyes it does. Up. I hope it does as well. I hope it does. I saw in Sport Track, so he's going to be a free agent. His pitcher valuation was eight years, two eighty. His hitting evaluation was 10 years, 333. So, like, but what do you do with him if you sign him? Do you let him keep doing this? Or do you say, look, dude, we're spending $400 million on you. We'd like you just to hit or pitch. Like, I don't, part of the reason he picked the Angels is because they were open to letting him do both. Let him do both. Let him do I both, agree. first of, of all. To save the game. Yeah. Second of all, do you yeah. remember when we were younger, there was an awesome baseball ad that – Ended in like a slow motion of I want to say Steve Bedrosian, Bedrock okay. wow. against Good Mark pull. McGuire when Bedrosian was with the Twins as their closer, and it ended yeah. in like a slow mo, and you never got to see it. And it was like I think it was a tease for I don't even know it wouldn't have made sense in an All Star situation because they're both AL, but it was basically like teasing you know the best closer against the best hitter yeah. at that time. I mean to get Otani up one against Trout in the yeah. finals of the World Baseball Classic, and to have him just mow him down like that was unbelievable. Biggest at-bat of Trout's career, which is crazy yes. since the two best players in the world both play for the Angels. But that, it was just it was unbelievable drama. Yeah. And the, the jubilation for Japan was off the charts. 
So it I'm was. saying it was bigger than any World Series win. Like, yeah, for it's sure. Not even for, close. Yeah. I think that yeah. might be the. I'm going to say it. That might be the preeminent baseball event. It's hard to now. I know we're up against it, but just think about this. What if we're not in it? Do you even notice? And the answer to that is probably no. Like, if the United States doesn't get to the final, we probably don't even notice it. That's that is uh, in our country. I don't think we would. Uh, so much more to come. Be, save yeah. it. Save it. So that much more be. to come. We'll get we'll get your thoughts on that. Cleveland Browns yeah. Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Iowa on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, great stuff. Um, interesting to see the next. Great to have Obo on the show today. Interesting next couple of days for the Browns. A lot of rumors out there at the receiver stuff. McCole Hardman going to the Jets. We'll see where it all shakes out. Z, good job to you. Thank you, man. What a pleasure. What a treat to be on. And, and keep your eyes. I think that the Browns are certainly still uh, in the mix at the wide receiver position. And I think the Jets have become a very interesting potential partner for them. There you with go. With the signing there you of McCole Hardman. There you go. You heard it here. Pay attention, kids. Next level coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.